And I'm reading from verse 19, James chapter 1, and reading from verse 19. James chapter 1 and from verse 19. My dear brothers, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. For man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent, and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourself. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in the mirror. And after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard, but doing it, he will be blessed in what he does. If anyone considers himself religious and yet does not keep a tight rein on his tongue, he deceives himself and his religion is worthless. Religion that our God, our Father, accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. This morning we're uh, beginning a, a new series um, for the new year and uh, we're calling this new series uh, An Extreme Makeover. I don't know if you've noticed but... Uh, we live in a world that is obsessed with how people look. Have you noticed that? I've certainly noticed it when, uh, when my two girls are getting ready for school in the morning. Um, it seems to just take ages. I can get ready and dressed in about five or ten minutes, but it seems to take them an hour to get the makeup on and the hair done. And uh, this is the world that we live in. And uh, part of it is sad, really, that... Uh, that we put so much pressure on individuals about how they look. And uh, we know if you open a magazine, um, any magazine cover these days is, is full uh, of, uh, of ideas of how to make ourselves look better. Uh, tips on how to, to get your makeup just right. There's television programs, isn't there? Uh, uh, transforming people. They bring somebody on and, uh, and they give them a makeover and they look completely different. And uh, the idea is that, uh, that you too can, 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 can do this to yourselves, that you can make yourselves look better. Well, over these next few Sunday mornings, um, what we're wanting to do is uh, thinking about the type of makeover that Jesus might want to give us. Uh, we can't promise you a new face. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> but we can promise you a new outlook. We can promise you uh, a change in your life. Uh, we can offer you a spiritual makeover. And uh, in this uh, Extreme Makeover series, what we're going to be doing is we're going to be looking through the book of James. Uh, this uh, week we're looking at uh, James chapter 1 and we're calling it Big Ears. Uh, next week we're going to be looking at James chapter 2, calling it Dirty Hands. And then James chapter 3, Pierced Tongue. Uh, James chapter 4, Hunched Back. And uh, James chapter 5, Rough Knees. 
And uh, we're going to be giving you a makeover in all these areas of your life and parts of your body. Uh, The book of James is is, uh, an interesting book. Um, Who wrote the book of James, I hear you ask? Maybe you don't. Maybe you think it's pretty obvious. It's, uh, it's got James on it. And in verse 1 it says, James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes scattered among the nations. Uh, but some of you will be aware that there are several James in the New Testament. Uh, there's uh, James, the son of Alphaeus, uh, one of the disciples. James, the son of Zebedee. And uh, James, the brother of Jesus. And uh, people argue about which of the three James it was that wrote uh, the book of James, if it was uh, written by James. And um, most uh, commentators, and uh, the tradition of the church, is that it was James, the brother of Jesus, uh, that actually wrote it. He uh, came to prominence in the early church. If you read the book of Acts, uh, you'll find that James was uh, the head of the church. And uh, maybe he was the one who would have had authority to write to the twelve tribes scattered among the nations because he would have been recognised as uh, the church leader. Not all the, uh, not everybody agrees about the authorship. Um, this is a picture of Martin Luther, the uh, the uh, famous uh, Protestant reformer, and uh, he was uh, uh, famously referred to the Book of James as an epistle of straw compared to the uh, heavy and weighty writings of uh, the Apostle Paul, and especially in uh, relationship to the conflict that he saw with what James wrote wrote about uh, justification by works and what Paul wrote about justification by faith. When we come to chapter 2, we'll look at that argument in a little bit more detail. This is really just getting you into the the book of James. So that's where we're going to be over the next uh, five Sundays. Uh, So if you want to be uh, reading the book of James, that might be uh, helpful to you. So you come uh, to church uh, ready to uh, engage in scripture and uh, with some background information about where we're going. So, uh, James. This is what uh, John Dixon Uh, says about it. In just about every paragraph of the letter, readers are challenged to modify their lives in conformity with God's will. Remember our text for the year that we had last uh, week, uh, your kingdom come, your will be done. Uh, Conformity with God's will. James offers one of the most compelling portraits of Christian living anywhere in the Bible. In this sense, James is anything but an epistle of straw, according to John Dixon. So this is a book uh, that will challenge the way that we live. It will inform us of how we can live Christianly. And uh, it will give us that makeover uh, that most of us actually need. So let's get uh, stuck into our extreme makeover. Do you feel like a makeover? Do you feel like you need a a bit of a makeover, a fresh uh, look uh, for the new year? Well, here we go. And uh, as I said... Uh, We're starting with the ears. I don't know if you're happy with your ears. Um, As I was uh, researching uh, the uh, the topic of ears, I'm not an expert on ears by the way, but I was was reading up on ears, and I was doing some research and I discovered that if you want to be a model, any of you got any aspirations to be a model, apparently you have to have perfect ears that are exactly the same size. 
Uh, counts me out, I don't know if you noticed, but one of my ears uh, sticks out a little bit more than the other. So uh, that's the end of my modelling career. Uh, didn't really get off the ground, but, uh, but there you go. If you want to be a model, you have to have perfect ears. Uh, if Jesus could do an extreme makeover on your ears, what would he do? Well, I think that what Jesus would do, uh, he wouldn't be interested with, about whether they were the same size or not, but what he would want to give us... Um, yeah, big ears. If Jesus could do an extreme, extreme makeover, I think he would want to give us all big ears. Now, you might not think, well, you might think, well, I don't really want big ears. Uh, when we talk about big ears, uh, certain people might come into our mind uh, that have big ears. Some people make fun. Obviously, we wouldn't do that because uh, we're good Christian people. But some people make fun of people. Uh, with big ears and uh, draw character, draw, draw cartoon characterisms of them and, and make their ears appear even larger than they are. But actually, uh, Jesus wants us to have big ears uh, and so that we can hear. James says, my dear brothers, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen. And so we're thinking this morning about uh, having a, a makeover on our ears. So that we are better able to hear what God is saying. This is a picture of uh, a guy called uh, Eric Weihenmeyer. And uh, incredibly, um, he is uh, a blind man who climbed Everest. Imagine that. A blind man who climbed Everest, the tallest mountain in the world. Uh, Now we might well think, how can a blind man climb Everest? Well, if you read the, the article... Uh, in Time magazine, you would read about the fact that he had learned to listen well. Or to put it another word, word, way, he had big ears. He listens to the bell tied on the climber uh, in front. He listens to the instructions uh, that are given to him. And uh, he listens to the sound of his pick jabbing in the ice so he knows whether his footing will be secure or not. And for Eric, listening was a matter of life and death. Listening to the instructions that were giving, making sure that he followed those instructions, for him, was a matter of life and death. We need to listen to the Word of God in the same way if our lives are dependent on it. Listening to the Word of God is so important. And this morning, Jesus wants to give you big ears. James says we are to become a hearer of the Word. We are to become a hearer of the word. Everyone should be quick to listen. James tells us uh, four rules for better hearing. Four rules for better hearing. First of all, it talks about hearing quickly. I don't know if you've noticed, but we have uh, twice as many ears as mouths. Have you noticed that? Maybe that's because God wants us to be to do twice as much hearing as listening. Be a quick listener, James says. A quick listener. It's important with our relationship with God uh, that we actually listen to what God is saying. I don't know if you've ever noticed, uh, uh, if you've ever been to a prayer meeting, uh, one of the things that's very often lacking in a prayer meeting is a time of actually listening. Very often prayer meetings are are all about us talking to God and we leave very little space for listening. So many people 
in our society. So many people that come and knock on my door. Actually, what they're looking for is someone that will listen to them. Someone that will have time to hear their story. Someone that shows an interest in who they are, what they're doing, the problems that they have. James says, everyone should be quick to listen. David Coffey, the uh, General Secretary of uh, the Baptist Union of Great Britain, uh, writing in an article of uh, the BU publication Transform, talks about the idea of a Big Ears Church. A Big Ears Church. And this is what he says, Jesus wants us to have Big Ears so that we can hear the Word of God, but also so that we can listen to other people. So that we can listen to other people. So that's the first thing, we are to hear quickly. And then James talks about exhibiting slowness in speech. Everyone should be quick to listen, but slow to speak. This is verse 19, beginning of verse 19. Here's another quality which is is not really valued in our society, is it? Slowness of speech. Um, People like a a quick response, don't they? A quick answer. You know, the sound bites. Uh, that's what we get all the time on television, isn't it? People are very quick uh, to respond. And uh, if we're going to be good at listening, one of the things that we'll need to learn to do is to be slow to respond. We need to be slow to speak. Because otherwise, I don't, I'm sure you've had the experience where uh, you're trying to tell somebody something and straight away, before you finish speaking, before you finish the end of your story, uh, they're jumping in. Uh, either with an answer or solution or wanting to get rid of you uh, quickly. Have you, have you ever experienced that or is it just me? That uh, you, go, you go away and, and you feel that you, the person's not really listened because they've started speaking before you've had the chance uh, to finish what you're saying. Uh, we tell our children, don't we, uh, to not to interrupt people uh, and yet uh, if we think about it in ourselves, how often do we interrupt people? When they're trying to tell us something. And sadly some people go away uh, not having actually got round to really sharing what they wanted to share. Because they've, 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 they've felt that the person did wasn't really interested in listening to what they're saying. And maybe that's how sometimes we feel about God. Maybe sometimes uh, the reason we walk away too quickly from our prayers is that we feel that God isn't interested. Uh, Well, let me tell you that God is really interested in you. Uh, He sent his son into this world uh, to die for you. That's how interested God is in you. He desires a relationship with you. And uh, part of that relationship is about us listening to what God has to say to our lives. God wants to speak into our lives. The question is, are we ready to hear? So we need to be quick to listen Uh, but slow to speak. And that applies to all the different areas of our lives, in our conversations with one another, in listening to people who come to us, but especially in listening to God. A guy came to uh, uh, his minister and said this, as pastor, he says, I only have one talent. The minister said, okay, well, what is that one talent? The man said, I have the gift of criticism. The minister was uh, wise and he replied, The Bible says that the man who only had one talent went out and buried it. Maybe that's what you ought to do with your gift. 
in every church I've been in, there have been those with a gift of criticism. Those who have uh, spoken words that haven't encouraged and built up, uh, that have tended to uh, destroy and knock down. Uh, exhibit slowness in speech. You know, when we, when we say the first thing that comes into our mind, uh, very often we think, why on earth did I say that? I'm sure you've had that experience. You've gone away and you're thinking, I really shouldn't have said that. Uh, slowness in speech, think before we speak. It's, it's obvious, I know, uh, but James is wanting to help us to live, to give us this makeover, to change the way that we act and we respond. So, exhibit slowness in speech. Uh, and then goes on to say, anger slowly. Again, still in verse 19. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Anger is, uh, is something sometimes that happens when we're frustrated, isn't it? Uh, we live in quite an angry society. You know, we've got uh, road rage, have you heard about that? You know, when people get angry when they get into a car, I don't know why it is. Uh, you know, when people get in the car, they seem to get angry. We've, we've even got a thing now, a thing called air rage, uh, where people get angry on a, on a plane and sometimes have to be uh, restrained. And the problem with anger is, is when we get angry... Uh, what very happens, very often happens is we lose control. We've got so angry that we lose control. And James says, uh, for man's anger do not bring about the righteous life that God desires. So we're to be slow to speak, but also slow to become angry. Don't get angry so quickly. One of the things that I've noticed in the church uh, very often is people get angry about the wrong things. People get angry about things that don't really matter. People get angry about the trivial things in the life of the church. They don't really get angry about things that really matter. At the end of, uh, of the passage that we read, uh, in verse 27, is the religion that our God accepts as pure and faultless is just to look after the orphans and widows in their distress. Uh, you know, we don't get angry about the fact that there's, there's people in our world that don't have enough food, that don't have anywhere to live. We don't get angry about the things that really matter. Not only matter to us, but matter to God. We get angry about the things um, that affect us. You know, when people upset us. Uh, when somebody doesn't do exactly what they want them to do. Uh, when things don't go exactly the way we want to go, we tend to get angry. And we get angry about the wrong things. So James' words are words of wisdom. Uh, be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. And uh, rid yourself of the wrongdoing. Rid yourself of the wrongdoing. This is verse 21. Therefore get rid of all the moral filth and evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Which can save you. We've said that anger often leads us to doing things that are wrong because we lose control. And uh, James says we need to get rid of things that are wrong in our lives. Uh, however long we've been following Jesus, there'll always be things uh, that are wrong in our lives that God wants to correct, that God wants to put right. Because uh, Jesus wants us came so that we could be put right with God. And that's not just a one-off occasion. That's something that Jesus continually does in our lives. He puts us right with God. So, uh, four things that James talks about that uh, will help us to be better listeners. To be able to hear what God is saying. 
But then he goes on to talk about uh, being a doer of the word. He says, do not merely listen to the word. This is verse 22. And so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Do what it says. And again, we've got four rules for better doing. We've had four rules uh, for better hearing. And uh, here are four rules for better doing. Uh, Dive into God's word. Dive into God's word. If we want to be better doers, we need to understand what God's word has said. We need to spend time in God's word. We need to understand what it is that we're supposed to be doing. Uh, so often we, we, we run ahead of ourselves and ahead of God and we want to be doing things, uh, but we need to be doing the things that God wants us to be doing. So become uh, a doer of the word. Over and over again. Over and over again. Um, anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is my, like a man who looks, in, uh, who looks at his face in the mirror. I brought a mirror along this morning. Anybody looked in the mirror this morning? Anybody? Hands up if you looked in the mirror this morning when you got up. You look in the mirror. Were you happy with what you saw? <laughs> the idea is that we look in a mirror. You know, James is being a little bit humorous here. He's, he's talking about this person who looks in the mirror and then walks away and forget what he looks like. We look in the mirror because to check out what we're looking like. You know, as our hair straight. Uh, have we missed a bit when we're shaving? Have we got toothpaste on our chins? Uh, we look in the mirror. And the idea is that we do something about what we see. Uh, the mirror, if it's a good mirror, it tells you the truth, it's honest. You know, other people may say, you look lovely, you look fine, but you look in the mirror and you can see that, well, maybe your hair does need cutting or maybe you do need to have a shave. Uh, the mirror doesn't lie. And uh, when we look into God's word, it tells us the truth. It tells us the truth about God, but also about ourselves. And what James is saying here, some people read God's word um, and then they go away and, and, and they forget about it. And they don't apply it to their lives. You know, there's lots of people who've got lots of knowledge about the Bible. But uh, knowledge about the Bible is no good unless you actually put it into practice. If we don't practice what we preach, uh, it really is a waste of time. Don't get me wrong, don't, don't hear, uh, hear correctly what I'm saying. I'm not saying that knowledge of the Bible is a bad thing. We encourage people to read the Bible. We encourage people to, to join house groups and study the Bible. We'll be doing that uh, later on this year again when we embark on uh, another church-wide course where we encourage everyone to join a house group. We did it last year and we'll be doing it again this year. It's really important. But don't forget to apply God's word. Don't just leave it. Don't say, well, we've read God's word, but actually we don't think it applies to our life anymore because we've got a better idea. We know better. Um, James wants us to be a doer of the word. So dive into God's word over and over again, enhancing your memory. I don't know about you, but sometimes my memory is terrible. Uh, I'm always forgetting things. Uh, I had to rush back to the office just a few minutes ago because I've not got the do for, for, the, uh, for the PowerPoint. I'm always leaving things and forgetting things. We need to, to read the word again and again so that it goes in. And uh, there's nothing wrong with trying to memorise scripture uh, so that we've got it in our mind what it is that God says. And then responding to what you hear. 
Anyone who doesn't, who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forget what he looks like. But the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard but doing it, he will be blessed in what he does. He will be blessed in what he does. Another story, a man came into church a little bit late um, and the sermon was almost over and he said to the, uh, to the steward on the door, he said, is the preacher done yet? Is, 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 is it been done yet? And the steward was wise, he said, no, uh, it's not been done yet because uh, it's only done when the word is applied in our lives. And uh, although I've nearly finished preaching, um, the word hasn't been done until we actually apply it in our lives. This year we're focusing our, our, our text for the year is, uh, is taken from the Lord's Prayer. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. If you didn't get a card, there's some at the back of the, uh, of the church. And uh, in his book, uh, Your Kingdom Come, uh, Malcolm Duncan uh, relates uh, something of that to something that James says. He says it is vital that a local church places kingdom living right at the heart of its preaching, teaching, discipleship and worship. If we do not practice what we preach, then we have fallen into the very trap that the Apostle James warns us to avoid. We become hearers of the word and not doers. The church is full of people that hear the word. But what we need is people that will do it that will apply it to their lives, that will take God's word on board and will allow it to transform them. This is where the extreme makeover comes because we want to be different. We don't want to be as we are. When we look in the mirror, in the spiritual mirror, if we're honest, we shouldn't be satisfied with where we are. And God wants to transform us. And he transforms us when we take his word seriously. When we read it, when we take it into our hearts, but then when we apply it to our lives, to every situation, the question we should be asking, you know, is, well, what does God's word say about this? What does Jesus say about this? Uh, let's go to God's word and see what advice we can gain. So there we have it. This is... Uh, uh, we want to become a doer of the word. That's the challenge. That's the first part of our extreme makeover this morning. Uh, if you come back next week, we're going to be continuing our makeover. And we're going to be looking at your hands. I don't know whether you feel like you need a manicure. I don't know. Come along uh, next week and we'll be doing something uh, with our hands.